Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Geek Buddies. Who went deep just now? I did. I did. I mean, I did. Uh, we're talking about Said the boys. Oh, you, did, you went deep underneath. Yes. Well, we went deep. I wanted to change things up a little bit. Surprise you. I respect. Hey. Uh, speaking of being surprised, uh, we're, uh, that's it. you've clicked on this, and we're talking about the boys season two. It's spoiler review. We're uh, reviewing episodes one through four uh, that have come out so far for people to watch on Amazon Prime. This this show got a lot of pushback from fans and review bombing from fans because they were upset that in a binging world that this was not released on a streaming service like Amazon Prime for all the episodes to watch. But Amazon Prime typically releases things week to week to week. Uh, on some of their shows so I, I don't know why people were surprised and they said it over and over again that it was going to be weekly but uh, people were very upset about it but uh, I myself am excited to talk about these four episodes as a massive fan of season one uh, I am John Roca. I am Michael Vogel and this is Shannon McClung uh, all right, so we're going to get into what we liked about the show, about these first four episodes, what we didn't like, and give you basically a spoiler review of this. So if you haven't seen the first four episodes, thanks so much for uh, downloading this or, or clicking on it to watch on YouTube. Uh, but uh, stop it here. Go and watch those four episodes and then come back uh, or stay around. Do whatever you want. It's your life. That's for sure. Um, so season two, the synopsis, the basic synopsis they released was with the Homelander going off the rails, it may be up to superhero Starlight and Queen Maeve to restore the seven to real superheroes who actually care about protecting humanity more than their own superhero image. And certainly that first season left us with a lot of surprises, the death of Elizabeth Shue, uh, Homelander having a child with uh, uh, Butcher's uh, 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 wife or we thought who we thought was dead. Uh, the, uh, you know, the young girl came in and she's got these, she became, she started to speak, she became, not to speak, but she became an animal and she found out her powers. And so she can kill people like crazy. Uh, Noir's off doing his thing. And Homelander is pretty much a villain and Starlight uh, has been kind of figuring out how to work her way into this 
seven from her religious background uh, and had to go through a lot of shit while she was also falling in love with Huey, or so we thought. So that seemed to be where we were ending uh, 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 season one, jumping into season two, which picks up uh, there right after the events of season one. Uh, and there's a lot of fracture. So overall, what do you guys think of the beginning of the first four episodes of this season two of The Boys? So I am going to start with a gripe. And this, oh, is, wow. this has nothing to do with the show. Okay. The the releasing week to week, I don't, I don't care about that. Like people that get upset about it, I'm like, that's dumb. Like you're going to get the show eventually. What's, what's, what's the issue? My issue is with Amazon's previously on. So oh. when you have a show that you have not seen in a, you know about a year yeah. and uh, they they give you a previously on that lasts about 30 seconds now if you did not have time to go back and rewatch the entirety of season 1 there's some stuff that you're a little fuzzy on cuz yeah. i was trying to remember i'm like wait a minute did did starlight and huey break up and butcher was at that house and now he shows up at the wait what like just just give me give me a two minute give me give me a oh. netflix refresher so you didn't like you didn't like they didn't have an episode one or season one recap before no, the show started. no okay. they should they should have had that because the the whole first episode which i went ahead and watched twice um the whole the, the first viewing i was like now wait who why are they why are they there it it, it was just it was just a little frustrate so, frustrating for me you're upset with Amazon about your poor memory. I, wow. Uh, wow. Okay. 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 I think I, what I, okay. I will put it this way. Netflix is the leader in streaming because of their two minute previously I, on. I will agree. I will agree that Netflix does a very, very good job with their previously on. Uh, I usually tend to go back. I usually tend to go back and at least watch the last couple episodes to sort of like yeah. put my feet back in the pool. Um, and Netflix, I don't do it as often because I know they have a really, really good, like with Umbrella Academy season two, I watched yeah. the synopsis and I was like, oh yeah, we are good. I remember all this now. Right. Um, so I don't disagree with you. I just think it's funny that um, I just, I'm just picturing old man Shannon yelling at the TV because he can't remember who did what. But honey, come in here, honey. Who, <laughs> now, where did we leave off with this guy? Old, old man yells at cloud. <laughs> Since yeah, that's it. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah. all right. So aside aside yeah. from your confusion, what do you think? Yeah, what does it go thus far? Again, I've ne I've never read the book, so I'll be curious to hear from you guys how how mm. how how comic accurate this is. Um, thus far, I I freaking love the boys. Mm. I mean, there there has not been a creative step that they've made that I've that I've kind of like, huh? That 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 was a weird that was a weird choice. Um, so engaging, uh, Huey. Jack Quaid is looking more and more like he has the face shape of his mom, uh, but he's starting to look like Dennis Quaid more and more. And it's really yeah. eerie. Um, I love the fact that Starlight is trying to be a good team player. She's in the outfit that she didn't like, right. but she's wearing it because she knows, like, if I'm able to make a difference, this this is a, this is an unfortunate, necessary first step. Yeah. Um, I love the inclusion of Stormfront. I mean, like what a what an interesting character and uh, uh, some interesting twists and turns with her as well. And just the whole, we didn't really get to see Black Noir do very much in season one. What an introduction to his abilities and sort of the ferocity and the humor at the same time. And Anthony Starr, who plays Homelander, 
I went back and I was just looking at his IMDb because he's, he's from New Zealand. I'm like, yeah. what else has this guy done? Like he's been on a couple of, he had been on a couple of cable shows. I, I think a show on Cinemax. Um, but watching this guy, I'm like, this guy is so magnetic. I mean, he's obviously a terrible, terrible person, but you can't yeah. not have your eyes glued to him. And uh, I think that the stuff that's going on with Chase Crawford, uh, Chase Crawford's The Deep, and the introduction of an Archer character, which I thought was really, really funny. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love it. And, and what a coincidence that uh, Chase Crawford is getting sort of an indoctrination into this organization at the same time as like The Vow is on HBO. <laughs> <laughs> right. the, ti the timing is, is very humorous. Thus far, I think everything is just fantastic. And one of the best action sequences that they've had in the series thus far in episode three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, what I love about the boys in general and what I loved about season one and season two has just continued on with this theme is the idea of taking uh, the world of superheroes that we all love and adore and kind of worship the world of superheroes that we all love to love and just colliding it with the fucked up world that we live in. Uh, and seeing how things really would be in that world. So obviously the biggest piece of that is celebrity itself. Like, you know, if, the, if superheroes are the biggest celebrities, the companies that are behind the superheroes and the PR teams and the marketing people and everything, and that was a big part of season one. Um, but everything in season two so far from uh, sort of manufactured wars mm -hmm. Uh, with Homelander yeah. kind of taking uh, the the uh, V and giving it to spreading it around the globe to um, cults uh, preying on celebrities and celebrities getting indoctrinated into crazy cults uh, to even, you know, with the episode four, getting into uh, systemic racism and uh, brutal superhero brutality in place yeah. of police brutality. Uh, you know, and I like even in episode four, there's a couple like just quick shots of like that billboard that they passed on the way to find out about liberty that said uh that baby that you aborted could have been super or the homelander uh painted on the side of a barn with a confederate flag instead of the american flag behind right. it you know there's just there's in a thousand big ways and little ways they take our world and use the world of superheroes to reflect it back to us which is what the best fantasy and sci-fi should do mm -hmm. uh and it just kind of really makes everything feel a little bit different like you know, I was thinking about this as I was watching, especially episode four with Homelander. Uh, and I was like, watching a Homelander and just how terrifying he is mm. makes me realize why I love Superman as a character so much. Because Superman as a character is not, in a lot of ways, not realistic. Somebody that powerful would probably be a lot more like Homelander. It's like, that's why Superman is so aspirational and Homelander is so fucking horrifying. Yeah. Uh, what was the movie that came out last year? Brightburn. Uh, the, Brightburn. Brightburn. Yeah. Bright, what, what The Boys is doing successfully with Homelander is what Brightburn kind of wanted to do, but kind of fell apart. Uh, and, and Homelander is like, this is the Superman that will give you nightmares. Right. Um, so that's like, overall, that's my main thing. I mean, I think, I think Stormfront is amazing. I think the way that uh, she's been introduced is super interesting. Um, I also think with Huey and Starlight, I, I love that we have these two sort of way in characters that we had these two characters in season one where Huey sort of fell into the world of the boys and this squad of normal people that were our last line of, the only people that could stand up against superheroes. And he's sort of become 
a part of that world. And at the exact same time, Starlight was introduced to this world of superheroes and had this idealism that has sort of been beaten down. And watching where they're both at in season two and watching them kind of struggle to stay above water uh, as this world of supers and non-supers and everything is kind of eating them alive is really, really interesting to me. Uh, I thousand percent agree. I've been enjoying it. Uh, I didn't know if I wanted to watch it, to be honest with you. I, I kind of hesitated. I got in the episodes early, but I've been kind of hesitating for weeks. I've been busy, but also it's kind of an excuse sometimes because if you really want to watch something, you'll make time to watch it, you know. And But for this one, I think I was hesitating to watch it because when the first season came out, I still wasn't fully embracing the madness of the political landscape that had happened. As angry as I was about some of the things, the boys seemed to be like, yeah, we still think we're good as a country. We still think we're essentially good. So the boys is a nice fantasy to that kind of makes fun of superheroes. Now, as we see how people have been abusing their power, how infantile man children can really run certain countries or certain uh, organizations or certain companies uh, in a desperate pursuit to remain relevant and a desperate pursuit to remain cool, eliminating the people who don't kowtow to them. It felt a little too realistic, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to walk back into this season. And to be honest with you, Homelander became someone I vehemently hated as every episode came along in season two. As I've watched every episode so far, I really thoroughly dislike and hate Homelander, even more so because he's wearing that American flag on his back as a cape that's almost, almost now in our world too much on the nose, which wouldn't have been the case a year or two ago, in my opinion, but certainly feels that way now. Uh, but then I had to confront my own feelings as I saw Stormfront coming through. And I initially was like, hell yeah, tell her like it is, girl, blah, blah, blah. And then you see, oh, no, she's a racist. Great. Cool, cool, cool. So it's just that kind of thing when it doesn't matter what. And she says it, right? It doesn't matter if you have vag or, or, or balls or a penis or whatever she says. Uh, or more coarse than that, uh, you can be good or you can be bad. It's irrelevant uh, in that approach. So they are walking the line like they did in that first season of going at these social movements, going at these uh, protests, going at Arrow with the, with the, 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 the Archer there, going at yeah, so much more. The cults, as you said, I mean, you could even connect what's going on with the deep to Tom Cruise and Scientology. There is definitely elements of that. And we're going to get you a beard. We're going to get you a woman. Like all of that rolling through this thing is so interesting. And then you've got this idea of Homelander trying to create wars in other countries so he can be relevant. He can still have a job. He can be adored by the masses. Once again, very similar to what's going on in our world. So a lot of it no longer felt like fantasy. A lot of it felt like, yeah, this is actually kind of probably how it would be. And how fucking depressing is that to think about? But that being said, the writing has been fantastic. The storylines have been great. The twists and turns in this, and it's dangerous in the second season. You can go off the rails. You can kind of lose the plot. You can kind of get too involved uh, with stuff. They feel so realistic and honest and earned uh, and throwing in, you know, uh, the the brother uh, to the character. Oh, God, I forget, I forget her name. Yeah, Kimiko throwing in the brother as a possible supervillain slash super terrorist in this whole situation, having him being part of what is essentially trying to expose what the Seven has been doing, what America has been doing. Uh, do we give him more credit, her trying to stop him, what that leads to, uh, all of that. So there's so many dynamics uh, working at the same time as you watch this. And then the creepiness of Homelander with uh, um, who's the shapeshifter guy? What's his name? 
doppelganger. Doppelganger. Yeah, doppelganger changing into her. It was just kind of crazy. And them getting getting rid of Jennifer Esposito like that. I was oh my gosh. I was super <laughs> mad about that. I love Jennifer Esposito. So I mean, they must have paid her hey. good money for her to come back and do one episode. That's for she sure. went out with a bang. Uh, <laughs> so uh, all of it, but it's good to see Chantel Van Sant and have a bit more to do as well. I liked her when she was on The Flash. Apparently, Sean Ashmore is going to be in is going to be coming into this thing. I think in season two is that correct, or was he in season one? I, I thought I was seeing that he's going to come into season two a little bit. Sean Ashmore is, yeah. Uh, and Gordon Visnick is going to be part of this as well. Some people remember him from ER and Electra. He is going to be part of this uh, as it goes along. So, um, and Layla Layla Robbins has been really great as Grace. His contact, you know, if you yeah. some of you may remember her. I think who, uh, yeah, she's been in a number of films from the eighties and nineties and two thousands as well. So you'll recognize her uh, in this film for sure, or the show rather for sure. So, and then you throw in Pat Oswalt voicing over the gills of the deep, them singing, <laughs> "You are so beautiful to me." Oh, it's the nuttiness of it all. It's just so out there and crazy. But yeah, I'm sorry. No, really, Butcher, I, I, I'm sorry, real quick. Loving yeah. Butcher and everything with Butcher and the twist on Butcher when he says your baby's a super your baby's a super freak. Boom, game over. Like that is believable. Butcher is a dick in his own way as well. well but also I think that's what's really interesting about the show is I mean, I, I guess when you watch season one, because you're kind of seeing things through the eyes of Butcher, yeah. uh, you're kind of looking I, I guess the show is set up with this premise or this idea that super's bad yeah super's bad like that's pretty much what it is like like you all love superheroes and this this world is obsessed with superheroes just like our world is obsessed with superheroes except in this world they're real and really reality is they're all bad and they're fucked up but as the show has progressed and as we get into season two they take that idea and they just continue to complicate it like in season one huey knew that he couldn't that he couldn't tell them about Starlight. And then they find out. And so now you have this Huey and Starlight relationship and Starlight really is good. I mean, yeah. like she's trying to yeah. do the right thing here. And you find out more about Maeve and you realize that's really complicated. Yeah. And the deep is just on his whole journey. Um, but then um, you find out, you know, Butcher's son is a super. Yeah. And like in this last, this fourth episode, uh, is it is it Mother's Milk? Is that his name? Is that his? Uh, Mother's Milk, yeah. yeah. Mother's Milk. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have that wonderful scene at that diner with Starlight and Mother's Milk talking about their dads. Yeah. And you see that Mother's Milk, who was definitely on Team Butcher in season one, as far as supers are bad, yeah. you see the fact that he does have these sort of paternal instincts and misses his family. Yeah. And he sort of starts like being kind of a dad to Starlight. And so with that, with Butcher having having a child who's a soup, you're, you're seeing that again, like, you know, just like the world we live in, that the, the two extremes being the boys on one end and supers on the other end, uh, the, the reality gets really complicated. And so it's going to be interesting to see as the series progresses, like who ends up helping and teaming up with who and who can't get past their shit. Like will butcher get to the point where he would be okay with Starlight standing next to him the way Mother's Milk is getting there? Or will Maeve end up helping them out? Or where is Black Noir on all of this at all? Because what the fuck is he thinking? And so I think watching, um, and maybe this is just me sort of projecting because of all the things that I get frustrated with looking at social media or the world or America (laughs) in general right now, but watching a show that is built around two such polar opposite extremes in your main characters who you like, uh, and watching them be on completely opposite sides, but then watching the way the show 
continues to complicate it and continues to complicate it. And ultimately, who's the real big villain here, uh, aside from Homelander, who is literally the worst? Uh, it's Giancarlo Esposito, who's the yes. head of Vought, who's human. You know, right, it's, yeah. it's it's Vought, the company of humans mm -hmm. um, that have built these supers and look at them as, you know, expendable and nothing. Right. And I think, like, that's where Homelander has really started to spin out of control is when he walked into uh, Esposito's office and thought he was gonna intimidate him and boss him around the way he was used to doing. And Esposito was like, in the way that only Esposito can do was just like, no, yeah, get the fuck out. And that combined with the fact that Stormfront clearly could give two shits about Homelander, right. like he's spinning out of control. And yeah, and then Stormfront is the exact opposite, kind of Johnny to your point, or to, I think Johnny, you said it, like Stormfront comes in with her social media yeah. and telling it like it is. And you're just, she's designed for you to be like, now, Here's the real deal. And so then to find out that she, A, <laughs> has been around for a very long time, and B, yeah. is possibly fucking worse than Homelander. Yeah. Like, that's, I'm, I'm waiting for, if we don't get Homelander versus uh, Stormfront this season, I'm going to be pissed. I want to see those two yeah. grow down hard. Well, and right. also, like, th talking about the filmmaking of it, like the, yeah. the, the diner scene that you pointed out where Mother's Milk and Starlight really had this nice connective moment. Yeah. And then the culmination of that scene is this awful car wreck, which as a viewer, you do not see coming at all. Yeah. And Starlight's instinct as a hero is, I have to go help them, and they stop her. Like, yep. no, you, this will do, you, you, you might help them in the short term. This is going to do more damage than it is good in the long run. Like we got to go and you see and, it. And, and I don't think it's a coincidence that after that, they get back from that road trip that she kind of breaks things off with Yui. Yeah. That's like, I, I, I understand. Like we, we, we wanted to do this thing together. I can't do what you do because yeah. I should have, I should have helped that guy. Yeah. And the inclusion well, of Giancarlo Esposito because they released that clip uh, beforehand. Like I, I love, I love Gus Fring. And huh. at first I'm like, Oh, this is just going to be more Gus Fring. By the end of that clip, I'm like, I'm okay with it. I'm okay yeah. with it. Just because yeah. you get to see the, the negotiating that Elizabeth Shue would do. Giancarlo Esposito is not going to do. And it's right. going to make for a very interesting confrontation later in the season. Well, and that does happen eventually in episode four when he goes up to the room to 99 or goes down to floor 99 or is it up up to 99, I think. And then says like, you know, I don't I don't come up here a lot uh, after the stock has gone down. He's like, you know, we're in this together. Or we're in Homeland's life. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. You're going to do it. And blah, blah, blah. So it's like it's a, it's it's and I think there's a lot of meta things working here even within that relationship right because i mean homelander has that really meta comment where he's like companies die talent is forever is yeah. uh, you know is the creator here uh kripke is his name uh the yeah uh, the creator of the yeah, eric kripke is he making a comment about actors is he making a comment about himself like what is this and then you have that guy presenting this the film for uh, the seven the return of the seven or the creation of the seven and that's the cheesiest pitch you'll ever see but that's probably how and mike you might know this that's how pitches maybe get bought in hollywood enthusiasm of the people pitching it looking like complete and utter doofs i have i've been in pitches that were that that was that was not parody that was not parody. That was that was like pulled straight from reality and just placed upon a television for us all to enjoy. Uh, I've been in some. I, there's one pitch in particular that I can't say what it was, but I sat in a pitch and like sat in a room with a bunch of executives. And while the pitch was happening, I was like, "This is, this is." I was I was Stormfront. I was like, "This is 
the worst thing I've ever heard. And the pitch got done. And it was with a pretty big name director as well. And we sat in the room and everyone else in the room, every other executive was like, well, that was, that was amazing. <laughs> that was that was fantastic. And it got done. And then they, the, the creative, the, the creative team that pitched left. And I looked around, I'm like, what did you guys even like about that? And they're like, well, it was this and it was that. And I was like, that was horrible. <laughs> that movie got made and it was horrible. Oh, uh, what, what, what does it rhyme with? Yeah. No, sir. No, man. One character in that movie. That's all. No, no, no. No, no. But, can, we, uh, can we guess? No. No. Um, I, uh, but yeah, I, I, I love, <laughs> now, now I'm just thinking like, oh, can I say it? No, I can't. Does it um, rhyme? But, uh, Does it no, rhyme I, I with retaliation? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I, um, <laughs> I, um, does it, does it rhyme? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I've said too much. Uh, but yeah, no, I do think that I, it ju- in the same way that I was saying, I really like how they're taking, you know, supers good, supers bad and yeah. complicating it. I think that scene you're talking about with Esposito and Homelander, where like the first scene was Esposito was in power. He's like, he's like, we're the yeah. money and we're a pharmaceutical company. Right. You guys are nothing. And then when that all got reversed and everyone found out about Compound V and he kind of needed them, yeah. the roles reversed. And so even that relationship is more complicated. And so whether it be Butcher and his wife, Butcher and his wife's son, uh, Huey and Starlight, Stormfront and the Seven, Maven Homelander, Butcher and Frenchie and Mother's Milk, because they're kind of more like seeing like Mother's Milk is sort of as of, as of episode four kind of seems like he's like kind of leaning more towards yeah. Huey's direction of things. Sure. So it's doing what a season a second season of a show would do, should do, which is it's taking everything and making it inherently more complicated, but not complicated in a plot driven way, not adding more stuff on top of stuff on top of stuff to where we're getting really confused and what's going on. All of the complications here are emotional. Every complication is a character complication where as more information is coming out, as we're finding out more about what's going on with Vought and Compound V and Supers in general, it's changing everybody's perspective on what they thought was true. And that's making the relationships between the characters change. And that's just really, really good storytelling. You're seeing uh, Queen Maeve become more rebellious inside about the situation and now that homelander knows about her relationship and dropping that bomb on the show outing her as a lesbian without her permission in that moment i mean that was just horrific horrific to see happen and then her reaction afterwards of like where's where's my girlfriend what have you done because she knows the evilness that lurks within uh homelander yeah both overtly and uh, uh, subconsciously with him all the time. And what he, and he rules that place with a very, very evil iron fist, man. It is unsettling some of the back and forth. And you're right. Anthony Starr does such a fantastic job uh, when he has to like when he's gritting his lips and his mouth when he's uh, to, trying to not get, you know, try not to explode at a moment. So he's eating a lot of shit and it's driving him nuts. So, you know, an explosion is coming that does not fit what is there. And yeah, Homeland, her, him and Stormfront are definitely headed for something. Them pursuing the Liberty angle is definitely going to expose 
her even more. And there's a there's another meta thing it's working through too is this idea of like, oh, how much love you have for superheroes. And that first season, it was about how these superheroes can be really selfish and and just like human beings, they just accentuated versions of human beings. Now, I think the second season is they're making fun of the audience for being slavishly devoted to superhero films and superhero TV shows to show you that you're, you're, you're kind of foolish to be this way as well. And you've got to see like behind the scenes of what these superheroes represent. How many people come forward and speak about Batman and go, this isn't someone you need to be idolizing or admiring. This is a vigilante. He's a rich kid who's taken out his anger about his parents on these criminals and breaking legs and breaking arms and killing people, depending on what version of Batman you like. So why are you loving this uh, hero? So there's a lot of that that I think is kind of bubbling below the surface throughout the second season, as well as they expose more of, of Stormfront, more of Homelander. And yes, there are some people who want to be good as well, which is something we didn't see in the first season. We see now that, you know, Maeve and Starlight are starting to bubble up. And A-Train's story, we haven't even mentioned A-Train's story. A-Train's story is interesting, too, because that kid is just caught in between. And that moment yeah. he has with Starlight where he says, yeah, the only people who say that life's more about more than money are the people who grew up with money. And that stopped her cold. And I thought that was brilliant to give him just a little bit of something, even though he's kind of a menacing dick. You give him a little bit of something to show that there's stuff underneath. And then him, him getting kicked out. Now we're really going to see what we've got with A-Train and what his journey is going to be like here uh, in this situation. So there's well, so I much think, that I'm enjoying. Yeah, I think to your point, uh, what season one really was, was the, the the world of the superheroes was really clear, including to the superheroes. Like that That's right. what we saw with Starlight. To be a part of this world, to get the money and the endorsements and the celebrity and the action figure and everything – this is the price. So yep. what you saw with the Deep and Maeve and A-Train and all of them was they were resigned. This mm -hmm. was the way the world was. And Homelander was happy because what they were resigned to was kind of the Homelander's way of life. Like yeah. I, we, we do whatever we want and it all gets covered up for us and nobody knows and we get to be the gods of this world. And the price of that is you don't get your relationships. You don't get this. You don't get right. that. And so that's what it is. And what we're seeing in season two is those, those, it's all cracking. Compound V is out. Starlight has done what she, and, and even just the existence of Starlight being someone who's a bit more genuine and wants to be a hero in the real way yeah. is having an effect on Maeve. Maybe it will have an effect on A-Train. Like you'll see what this is. And so all of a sudden you get, like now I think what the show really becomes is, is it possible to actually be the hero yeah. that you're pretending to be or is society going to keep you down? And yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Uh, all right. Any final words? And we're at the 30-minute mark on this one. Any final words about this season, Shannon? Uh, anything you want to throw in at the end here? Can't can't wait to see what happens. And uh, it was Eric, apparently it was Eric Kripke's decision to go to the weekly format yeah. Yeah. because yeah. he didn't want the show to be consumed in a weekend and people stopped talking about it. I think that's absolutely fair because there's a lot in these episodes to break down and, and, and talk about. And certainly we've done the best we can here of this 30 minute review ourselves. So yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Um, and, and any predictions for what we might see in these next four episodes? Uh, a lot of blood, a lot of blood and a lot of sex. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of Gill musical numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think we've got a Homelander uh, butcher uh, situation coming a la Batman Superman at the end of Dark Knight Returns. I think we've got something coming where it's going to be a titanic fight between these two guys. It's building to a head for whatever reason. And don't be surprised if someone has superpowers. And I haven't watched ahead. Don't be surprised if someone has superpowers on 
in this cast who hasn't shown it yet. I wouldn't be surprised if that pops up in some way, shape, or form. So I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. But I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. Um, but yes, I agree with Mikey. I think a Stormfront uh, uh, Homelander fight is is in the offing for sure, if nothing else, in the ring, center stage, Madison Square Garden. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching this episode, uh, this uh, review of The Boys Season 2, Episodes 1 through 4. Uh, let us know what you thought in the comments section below about our review or your thoughts about the season as well. Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it's at MK2. And if you'd like to follow Mr. Roca, it's at the Roca Sis. Uh, Mikey? Uh, listen, us, the Geek Buddies, and I mean this is all of us together, we're like the Spice Girls. We can't all, we got, we got to be a big group together to make this happen. And so we need you to subscribe below. We need you to like the post. Tell us what you want, what you really, really want. Yeah. And we'll tell you what we want, what we really, really want. (laughs) We want to, we want to, we want to. Okay. Uh, Nothing? Great. Uh, I think it's like, ah. I think it's like, ah, fine. There it is. Thank you. Uh, Look, so for us to be one big, happy 90s aughts girl band family uh you know like i said like the post below leave comments uh if you're listening to us on anchor or spotify or apple podcasts rate us leave us some comments there and absolutely retweet this uh post it on your facebook text it to your friends and uh you know if you want to be my lover you got to get with my friends these are my friends right here (laughs) or his buddies all right, thanks everybody for watching this episode uh, of the Geek Buddies review. Uh, we'll do more of these as the seasons go along, as some of these uh, shows start popping off, and uh, we'll be a bit more topical. We'll get to these before these shows drop, or maybe right as these shows are dropping, so we can take advantage of, of uh, your desire to hear what our thoughts are on so many of these things. So uh, look for more of those coming down the road from the Geek Buddies as well. All right, take care of yourselves. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you next time on the Geek Buddies. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.